Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning. Steve is in uh, Germany this, this morning. If you're wondering where he is, he's at Awakening Church with Ben Fitzgerald. He's been doing some stuff on church planting. He, he is having an absolutely lovely time, but he wanted me to tell you that he misses you very much and will be back next week. This morning, I wanted to talk a little bit about prayer. I love to talk about prayer. It's one of my favourite subjects. You know, at Chroma, in our church family, we want to be a praying people. We want to be a people who learn how to pray. You may be here this morning and you're fairly, you know, new in your relationship with Jesus. You may be giving your life to Jesus this year and you're learning how to pray. We want you to learn how to pray. We want to mature in prayer and we want to persist in prayer. We want to be an intercessory people who pray long and hard for the things of the kingdom to come into our world. And so, yeah, I'm excited to talk to you about prayer this morning. We have been teaching, if you've been here over the last few months, we've been teaching from uh, the book of Matthew, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And last week we talked about oaths. And this week I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. We will go back to the passages that we've missed, but just really because I had it on my heart very much to talk about prayer. It's one of my, my favourite, favourite subjects. So... Get your Bibles out. We're going to read the Word of the Lord. You have had a moment's rest and now I'm going to ask you to stand again for the Word of the Lord. Why don't you stand? Remember, His Word up here, my words down there. So we want to stand for Him and honour the Lord's Word. So Matthew 6, turn to Matthew 6. We're going to read from Matthew 6 and 7. Jesus said this, Matthew 6, verse 5, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, then your Father will not forgive your sins. So then we're gonna go into chapter to seven and Jesus adds on to this teaching of prayer just a little bit more and he says this ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and the door will be open to you for everyone who asks receives the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks the door will be opened which of you if your son asks for bread will give him a stone or if he asks for fish will give him a snake if you then though you are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him so in everything do to others what you you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. And the people said, 
Amen. Father, we lift your word before you now and we ask, Lord, that you would teach us how to pray. Holy Spirit, will you come and equip us and anoint us and encourage us and strengthen us? Would you put your fire on our prayers? And Lord, would you teach us again what you would have us do in the secret place before you for your glory? In Jesus' Name, Amen. Why don't you take a seat? So let me, let me just ask you a question. How many of you are praying for something specifically right now? How many of you have been praying for that specific thing for over a month? How many of you have been praying for over six months? A year? Longer? How many of you know that there's something that you probably should be praying about? Amen. So the word of the Lord, Jesus' words are here to help us and equip us in how we are to pray. Jesus starts by giving us the blueprint for how we are to pray, the Lord's Prayer. And He begins by saying, don't be like the pagans who babble on street corners to be seen by men. He's saying that He doesn't want us to be the person who turns up to every prayer meeting and is faithful, praying out loud, making sure everybody can see and hear their prayers, but then never goes home and shuts the door to pray in the secret place. He's saying, I would rather you pray in the secret place. I want you to pray loud and bold prayers in the secret place rather than be in prayer meetings where you pray to be heard by men. You know, if you've ever been to... um, our revival prayer, you might be surprised, you might have been surprised to come and find that we don't give much time to hearing each other pray. That we worship, we spend a long time worshipping and we want to come into that place where the Spirit is leading us in prayer and we begin to pray out. We do give some direction and instruction, but what we're wanting to do is lift up a sound together to pray to Him, not to each other. And so sometimes it's just like a big noise. And the Lord wants us to to prioritise that praying in the Spirit to God, not to each other. And sometimes in church, we really do pray to each other. We pray to be heard by everybody else and we forget that we're actually talking to God. No, it's a big loud noise all together to God. And then we close our door and we're just the same in the secret place. God wants to hear our prayers. He wants this intimacy with Him. And then he says, when you pray, pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now, often when this, ta- this is taught, there's, a, there's this kind of teaching about the intimacy that we can have with our Father and to come in thankfulness and worship. And that is a part of it. It's a part of it in the whole council of the Scriptures. But actually remember that this is Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And we heard at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount when Steve opened it up that Jesus, when He went up on this mountainside to teach the disciples, He said um, that He had come to fulfil the law and the prophets, that everything of the law and the prophets would be fulfilled in Him, in His teaching and in what He would go and do. And He said, not a jot or a tittle will pass away from the law. And remember when the law was originally given that Moses stood up to read the law and what was the first commandment? I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods before me. And then Jesus said, Jesus said that the first commandment was to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul and strength. What He's saying here is that when we come before the Lord in the secret place, we say, you are the great I am. 
You are the Lord and Father of all. You are the Father, Yahweh. You are the Father of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and you are our Father. You are the only Name to whom we should bow. You are the Name above all names. This is a revival prayer where we begin to pray, let Your Name be known. Let Your Name be known across all the world, Lord, because You are great. It's what we sang, but it's in our prayer life we're to lift His Name on high and say, you are one way, Jesus. You are the only way. And may your name be known. Great I am. Great are you. And then we say, as an overflow from that, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And what that means is that every single sphere that we're in, every single place that we're in, we have a mandate. We have been commissioned to partner with the King of Heaven to bring Heaven to Earth because we are citizens of Heaven. And so we go into the secret place and we pray, let Your Kingdom come. And it's the specifics of our life. God is listening, God is looking to see what are the specific Kingdom prayers that we are praying where we see things that are not yet of the Kingdom and we pray, let Your Kingdom come. We pray for that person who's sick at work. We say, let your kingdom come. We pray for that relative who needs to know the Lord and we say, let your kingdom come. We pray in our own lives for sickness, suffering, sin, things that come into our lives that we know are contrary to His Word. And we say, let your kingdom come. We want your kingdom, God. And the Lord is listening to that prayer. We have a mandate to partner with the King of Heaven in that prayer. And then we're to say, Lord, will You provide for us? Give us today our daily bread. Will You provide for our very needs? It's just like we just did when we made that declaration. We stood in the Word of God and we said, on earth as it is in heaven, legitimate kingdom prayer to pray about our lives, to pray about our jobs, to pray about the things we're doing and say, will You provide? You are a good Father. And then it says this, This is interesting. And forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. See, the thing is, we are to pray. (laughs) We are to pray that we would um, be delivered from worldly temptation. The work of the devil, the schemes of the devil to distract us and disrupt us and all sin and distraction and all of those things that that could be, we're to pray, lead us not into that place, deliver us from the evil one. But of all the things we are to pray, the high watermark is that we would be a merciful people. It says that we are to forgive others as we have been forgiven Because if we don't, the Father in heaven cannot forgive us. The high watermark for the Christian is to be a merciful person. If you weren't here the other week when Tim talked about love your enemies, you must go back and listen to that talk. He talked about how we as Christians are are to break the, the cycle of hatred and anger and violence and revenge through love and forgiveness and mercy. And so as we pray, lead us not into temptation, this is the big one. That we would be a merciful people, that we would carry the mercy and the love of God and forgive our brother who is never our enemy, right? The enemy is the enemy. And so this is our blueprint for kingdom prayers that we pray. 
And then he goes into this, and then you persist. You know, of those kingdom prayers under that banner, there's gonna be all sorts of things we pray in our everyday lives. But then he goes in to say, and you need to persist. You need to keep going. The Father loves it when you ask, when you come before Him in these kingdom prayers. He wants this relationship with us. But you know, first what I wanna say to you, something really obvious, but sometimes we may not really fully realise it, that when Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you, this is a promise. This is the true Word of God. He never lies and He never fails us. He's saying, if you ask, you will find. If you seek, if you ask, you will receive. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, the door will be opened. Promise. You know, um, this whole set of teaching where Jesus goes up on the mountain, He delivers the teaching probably in different parts and places of how they experienced it. But He begins when... He says, not a jot or a tittle will pass from the Lord to say, I say to you, it's a highlighted word of truth. It's a promise. All of the Word of God is a promise to us, right? But there's sometimes where it's like He's driving in a promise by saying, I tell you the truth, I say to you. In Luke's Gospel, this same passage highlights that phrase because it's not written in the same way as the linear teachings of Matthew. But as it says, ask, seek, knock, it starts by saying, I say to you. In the, in the, in the New King James, in the King James, sorry, which I rarely read, I love the New King James, but in the King James, it says, I saith unto you, which I think sounds really authoritative. I saith unto you. It's a promise, friends. You know, the only reason we would persist in our kingdom prayers and and not give up is because we know He's promised to listen to our prayers. He is a good Father. He is listening and He wants to interact with you. What I'm not saying is that everything we pray for, we'll see exactly as we've asked. But what I am saying is the promise is that when we pray and we persistently pray, He is going to come into that place and speak because He's listening. And there's a perspective of heaven that comes in that place of prayer. You know, um, James, the book of James, James 1, it talks about trials, testings and sufferings and things that we might experience. And it says, we must ask for a wisdom that comes from God. There is a wisdom that comes from God when we persist in praying in the secret place about the things that we are longing to see fulfilled. And God gives us like a holy lens. He speaks into that place. He will never leave us without an answer. We may not see everything we want to see, but often we do. But sometimes there's mystery and tension and waiting and eternal promise. But in that place, God will answer your prayer. He will speak to you. You know, I, I, whenever I talk about prayer, I always, always tell the story of our um, uh, struggle to have a second child. And I've told the story many, many times that we went through lots and lots of miscarriage after we had our, our son, Joel. We lost three babies, two quite late. It was an immense uh, season of heartache and grieving and loss 
and prayer, persistent prayer, going to the Father over over, over again, just praying in that place. And, and, and I did uh, give birth to my daughter, Emma, but she was three months early. We sort of fought for her in prayer and she was tiny. She was two pound 10 and she, was, um, she had a hole in her heart and, and um, we were thankful for her, but the, the prayers hadn't ended there. You know, we still needed to pray for her health and her well-being. And, um, and I vividly remember a friend of mine coming into the hospital and she wasn't uh, a Christian. She'd actually given her life to Jesus. She'd said the prayer at the same time as me, but then she'd walked away and kind of backslidden and gone off with some guy. And, and she came into the hospital and she, she looked at my little Emma and she looked at me not looking my best, quite exhausted. You know, it hadn't had been a hard few years. And she said, why you? Why are you experiencing all of this? You're the one who prays. You're the one who has God in your life. Why is this happening to you? And she was quite aggressive. And I said to her, do you know, like instantly I was like, I don't see it that way. You see, I believe that because I am with God and because I prayed, I have children. You see, there's something in my body that's not working and, I'm, and I've had miscarriages, but I have a son by the grace of God. And now I have a daughter by the grace of God. He's been with me in my prayers. And not only that, I'm walking with Him. I don't know how you do life without God. I don't know how you do this life that we all live with its ups and downs without being able to go to your heavenly Father and pray and know that He's listening to you. See, that was my instant heavenly kingdom perspective on what was very hard, but I had it because I'd been in the secret place with God. And so He says, ask and you will receive. You know, James 4 says, you do not have because you do not ask. Sometimes we ask once and then we think, well, you know, God hasn't answered my prayer. If He really wants to answer it, He'll, he'll, he'll answer it. And I've just asked once. And it's like, that's not the point. The point of this is a loving journey with our Heavenly Father, a relationship and, a, and an adventure with God, a journey with God, where He's speaking into every moment of what we're walking out, what we're, what we're going through. You know, God is one who, who knows our needs before we've even asked, but He loves us to ask. He wants that relationship with us because He is a Father. And you know, when your children are calling out to you, if you have children, you know that, well, you know, it's both a a, a really lovely thing sometimes when you're listening to them calling out, dad, 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 but sometimes it's annoying as well, isn't it? You know, when they're calling it out and over and over and over again. But whichever way it is, you always answer if they do it persistently, right? That's the point here. It's a real relationship with our Father God. And He wants to give good gifts to His children. You know, if, you, if you're walking down the road with your child, some of you do not have children yet, but just imagine or maybe even remember, if you're walking down the road with your children, mother or father, and they go past a, um, a toy shop and they see a specific teddy bear that they fall in love with, you can bet the next day you're walking down that same road, they're going to mention that teddy bear again. Look, that teddy bear. I want that teddy bear. Can I have that teddy bear? And kids never forget. Okay, you're walking every day, they'll never forget. Every day they'll say it over and over again. What father or mother is not gonna think, I really 
want to get that teddy bear for them at some point. You might not be able to get it immediately. There might be a journey towards getting the teddy bear. It might have to be on the Christmas list. It might have to be on the birthday list. But you're going to want to give them the teddy bear. And when you give it to them, you're like, here's the teddy bear you've been asking for. This is the picture, right? A good father wants to give good gifts to his children. And he says, you know, even though you're evil, you would do that, which is a bit shocking, right? He's kind of, you know showing us something there. You know, I grew up with a father who was absent for the majority of my life. He was there until I was three. He wasn't a good father and he wasn't a very good man. And my my half-brothers would tell me that because he was in and out of prison, but he'd always come with gifts. He'd always come with gifts. And I remember one of my last memories of my father before he left when I was three was that he bought me a red coat. I remember my red coat. You know, even the worst father in the world is giving good gifts to his children in the form of giving. And this is the point, how much more our Heavenly Father, and we need to be bold in our ask. It's not a quiet little passive ask. You know, if you've grown up in um, a, a kind of mindset or a tradition where to ask too much is a bit rude, you know, you've asked once, now simmer down. We need to get over that. That's not the picture here. It's like, Dad, 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 Dad. It's bold prayers because we're citizens of heaven, right? We get to go into the heavenly place, into the holy of holies with God and we get to get down on our knees and ask boldly. Ask, ask, Dad, Dad, Dad. And don't give up. You might say, you know, I've asked and I haven't had it yet. Well, keep going. Keep going, that's the point. Keep asking You know, some of the prayers that we're praying, we may not see in our lifetime. They may be prayers that will roll through generations. Some of the prayers that we're praying, we may see in our eternal hope. You know, there is a promise in Revelation 21 that that the Lord will wipe away every tear, every trial, all the suffering. And we, we pray into that eternal hope knowing He has promised. And so we come boldly with our ask, knowing He's listening. And knowing that He wants to answer our prayer and bring good gifts into our lives. It says, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. We've got three different kinds of ask, which is basically ask, ask, ask. But it's also in slightly different nuances. Ask, it's our word. Seek is about looking for something, isn't it? We're seeking, we're seeking in the secret place with God. What are we seeking? We're seeking Him. We're seeking the face of God. It's Jeremiah 29 to a people who are suffering that if you seek me with all of your heart, you're going to find me. If you seek me, seek me. James 4 says, um, if we draw near to God, He will draw near to us. You see, you know, sometimes as I've been praying hard things, praying over hard situations in our lives, uh, uh, you know, you're in that situation, you think there is is no good in what I'm experiencing. There's no good in experiencing miscarriage or loss. There's no good in this particular trial of sickness or, or this particular thing that's going on in my family. There's nothing good to see in, in the suffering that I'm experiencing right now except that when we come into the secret place with God and we seek His face, we find Him. And there is an intimacy that comes in that place of intercessory prayer that is so precious. 
We're seeking our good Father. You know, I often imagine this ask, seek, knock. I kind of imagine the Father standing up in His, uh, like I always see it sort of pictorially, like the Father standing up in his, His study, you know, standing behind the door, listening to the child calling out to Him, just enjoying His ask. The door's open. They can come and find Him, enjoying the adventure of being sought of being loved, of being the one who, who, the only one who can answer our prayer. It's like worship because you're the only one that can answer this prayer. And we come into this place of intimacy with Him and we seek His face. Did you ever, did you ever play hide and seek as a child? Hands up. Anybody here play hide and seek with their children? Yeah, it's a great game, isn't it? See, there's a joy and a discovery on this. There's a maturity that comes in the seeking. You know, when we, when we play hide and seek, it's a funny old game. You know, why do we do it? It's like we, we hide in the house, all over the house, and we try to find a place that's not too hard, but hard enough that they actually have to go on a little adventure to find us. And you, you know, the counting, I'm counting to 100 or whatever it is, coming, ready or not. And then it's like, they're, I, I, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? And there's such a joy, isn't there? Waiting for your child to find you, waiting for them to find you. But we do it because we want them to learn about seeking. We want them to learn about investigation. We want them to learn how to find something. It's something that teaches them new things. It's something that teaches them how to keep going, how to persevere. And it's the same with God when we're seeking Him, when we're asking and we're seeking Him. We're going on an adventure of maturity. We're seeking Him in His Word. We're discovering things about who He is along the way. And it's a precious gift to us to persist in prayer. Ask, seek and knock. Knock and the door will be open to you. I think this is a really in, this is really interesting. You know, you've got the ask where you say, you've got the seek to find, and then you've got the knock. It's an activity, isn't it? Now it is, it is, Jesus is teaching just like ask, ask, ask again, ask in lots of different ways, keep asking, persist. But there's also nuances in this. To knock on a door, we knock on a door until it's open. How many of you know that the kingdom of heaven is open to us because we are citizens of heaven? That Simon, when Jesus was speaking to Simon Peter, he said, Simon Peter, I give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The door is open. You know, I want to encourage you today, if you are praying into a specific area, ask the Lord, where is the door open? It may not be, you may be seeing, I just, it's not opening here. You know, you're praying for that family member to get saved and, and it's not happening. Or you're praying for a sickness in your body and you're not, you're, you haven't received your healing yet. Well, I want to encourage you to get down the front and pray for every other sick person that you see. I want to encourage you to preach the gospel to everybody that you know if you're praying for that one person to get saved. Where is the door open? Think about your kingdom prayers and think about where is the door open? Where can I activate the open door? Because we know, don't we, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. 
And we want to see those testimonies come in lots of different ways. We're not inactive. We're not passive. We're not receiving a closed door. We know your kingdom has come on earth as it is in heaven. So we're going to activate that prayer in lots of different ways and until our door opens. You know, uh, there's a woman here who prayed for her husband to get saved for 56, seven years. That is a long time. She brought him to church every week and he sat and he didn't give his life to Jesus, but he was here. She prayed, she talked to him about Jesus. She prayed, she prayed, she never gave up. But I'll tell you the other thing that she did. She knocked on every other open door she could possibly find. She carried a big pile of tracks around with her and preached the gospel to everybody who would stand still long enough. And even when they didn't, I think she would chase them down. She would pray for every sick person to be healed. And when she was sick in hospital, I mean, there wasn't a hospital bed that didn't have the gospel preached to them or a declaration of healing over them. I think the devil wanted to get her out of there because she was so dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. She was powerful in her, her prayers. She was praying for something, but she was activating it as well. So whatever you're praying for, I want to encourage you to think, where is the open door? Ask, seek, knock. Whatever you're praying for, don't give up. And pray with us for this coming kingdom. Pray for souls saved and bodies healed. Pray that we would see our land changed for Jesus, that he would get all the glory. Pray together. Pray and persist in prayer and don't give up. And the people said, why don't you stand?